0: You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Damien Cave is the chief of the New York Times Australian Bureau. He's been a foreign correspondent in Baghdad and has lived and worked in Mexico City. He and his wife, Diana, and their two children moved to Sydney in 2017. And after having lived in foreign countries with cultures and languages vastly different to his own, it was here in Australia that they faced their biggest challenges. What they learned and how they grew is explored in his book, Into the Rip, and it offers a unique perspective into how we parent in Australia. Hi, Damien. How are you?
1: I'm great. Thanks for having me
0: this is a book about risks and how certain risks can really pay off for a family Um, but you'd raised babies in Mexico City moved across the world with them from New York to a completely new life in Australia did you feel you were an experienced risk taker before you arrived here
1: I did I mean, I think Diana and I um both having been covering wars and having moved around a lot, we felt like we were pretty comfortable with risk or at least more comfortable than some of the people who you know we thought were anxious parents, you know the ones who refused to give their children candy or let them go down the big slide, so we thought we kind of had you know a, a pretty brave sense of ourselves, and I think to some degree that's why Australia surprised us so much
0: It feels like um the ocean and our Australian obsession with it and and swimming was the main catalyst in how you changed your attitude to risk or um, your perception of whether you were risk takers as parents or not do you think you would have had a different perspective on that had you started your new life somewhere inland like Tamworth?
1: I do think so. But, but I, you know, I think that the idea of the way Australia deals with risk is, is very much just tied to the way Australians deal with nature. You know, I was talking to someone the other day who said, oh, yeah, when I was really young, my parents were always reminded me to, you know, stomp my feet to scare the snakes away. Or, <laughs> you know, when I go to check behind, you know, the, the bin to make sure there are no deadly spiders there. And so one of the things that I think is just really true about Australian life, whether you're in a city or a regional area or inland or by the coast, is that nature intrudes on you and forces you to sort of deal with risk in a kind of a unique way. To me, it's one of the defining characteristics of this place.
0: It is so interesting to read your perspective on things, Um, coming to Australia and seeing that as a uniquely Australian trait. One thing though, I think as a parent is trying to measure what risk is appropriate or good for kids can be challenging. How did nippers help you find that balance? I imagine it was quite confronting to start with. Well, that's
1: the thing. It really was quite confronting for me. I mean, I think when we got here, you know, my kids and I, we'd learned to swim. We'd gone in the ocean. We weren't total novices, but we'd never really gone out beyond past our heads, I think, uh, or swam sort of in the ocean in that way. And so to see them very, at very young ages, you know, thrown out the back, past where the waves were breaking, you know, in Bronte, one of Australia's most dangerous beaches, it it definitely really scared me, and it and it made me realize that you know sometimes even when you think you're a risk taker and you think you understand risk, there's a lot of power in something new in a new experience that sort of pushes you beyond your comfort zone, and and I think that sometimes you know as parents we we sort of think that we're pushing our kids, or I think to some degree we we get to this place where we're very comfortable with the risks we know, and and that's as far as we're willing to go, and so to me being sort of you know forcibly accidentally thrown into this totally new environment Really made me just go on this quest to try and understand my own perceptions and how the perceptions about risk can be changed for not just me as a parent but for any parent.
0: I'm curious to know how that research impacted you ultimately. You tell a story in the book at the beginning um, about how your son was very reluctant to try even try out for nippers and then you found yourself, um, trying to encourage him to get into the pool, and when he didn't get into the pool, you just threw him in. <laughs> and I think that that's a moment that parents everywhere can probably relate to that point of they're on the cusp of thinking, I really need my child to try this. I know it's going to be good for them. How hard do you push your child to try something they're reluctant to do? Um, reflecting on that moment after all the research you did into risk. How do you feel about that moment now?
1: You know, it's interesting. At the time, I felt really bad about having done that. And I, you know, I felt (laughs) guilty and I was like, oh my God, is this crazy? But to some degree, doing the research that I did about risk was comforting because it really told me that, you know, while we think that protecting our kids and not making them feel bad and not scaring them in some ways is what's best for them, what the research really shows is that embracing risk and even danger is actually really good for kids and in fact if they don't have enough of that in their lives they don't grow up to be strong confident you know people as adults and so you know one of the pieces of research that i found really fascinating was out of scandinavia and there was a woman who found that children who you know played at heights between say 5 and 11 or even a little younger um, including children who fell out of a tree say and broke their arm significantly less likely to be afraid of heights as adults and so to some degree that's sort of the thing that made me realize oh wait it just because he's scared doesn't mean that he's always going to be scared and helping him overcome those fears even if it means throwing him into the pool will eventually actually make him realize that he's much more capable than he thinks he is and to some degree that action of discovering your own capabilities is what builds strength and confidence and helps us as as people move from children into adulthood in a way that lets us take on other adventures and lets us deal with stress and crisis when it comes at us without any expectation of it
0: something i've definitely heard time and again in this role i have uh, talking to people about parenting is the importance of role modeling you did believe in a completely immersive experience when it came to this idea of exploring risk Can you tell us how you took it on yourself and whether or not that gave you perspective into what you were expecting of or trying to show your own kids?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think role modeling, like sometimes we think of role modeling as almost separate from what we do as parents. Um, And in this case, it was sort of a random occurrence where my son challenged me to do the bronze medallion and to join him in this crazy world of surf lifestyle. (laughs) And You know, if he hadn't pushed me, I probably never would have done it. And by doing it and failing the first time around and just really struggling, it made me feel so much more connected to him. And I also think that it made him and my daughter too sort of understand that the struggles they were going through, you know, were universal and that in some ways, if their father could sort of try something new and fail and get back up again then they could maybe do it a little bit more easily too. You know, it was certainly better than me just saying, hey, you have to try again. Um, and I don't know, there was there was like a, a depth of connection about sort of failure and resilience that in many ways, I didn't even have to say anything, you know, and, th- and that part of it, I think, was, was really powerful. It made me realize how much more important our actions are than our words. And especially when our actions are actually with them in something that they're doing too.
0: Mm. That's... Uh slightly terrifying as a parent (laughs) listening to that and uh, understanding, yeah, the impact of actually facing your fears that way. I have to admit I thought that maybe you'd been dropped into a particularly stellar set of Australians given your perspective on how we embrace, say, the community over the individual Um, because it feels to me that we are incredibly individualistic these days And in particular, the anti-vax sentiment around during COVID seems to demonstrate that to me, that um, in fact, Australians can be very selfish. I mean, has the pandemic changed your perspective on that? Uh, I mean, not really. I think
1: it's probably clarified my perspective about risk as something that no individual and no society ever gets perfectly right. Uh, there's always going to be people who have, who assess risk in a different way and who are more individualistic or less individualistic. But I also think that the pandemic, in many ways, confirms the argument that I'm trying to make in this book. I mean, Australia is on track to end up being, to have, you know, 95% of its population vaccinated. It's now surpassed the United States, which had an enormous head start in terms of coverage in a whole bunch of different places. And I think that reflects the collectivism of this place, you know? And so I think Australians are very, and I say this in the book, Australians are very good at sort of noticing the flaws within their country. And that's that's understandable, you know, That those are the things that need to be fixed. But I actually think the pandemic is, you know, really reveals Australia to be a place where, okay, if someone says, hey, this is what's best for the group, that's what they're going to do. And, and and I heard it again and again from people at every level of society, from like McFanning, the, you know, the surfer, to, you know, nurses, to, you know, musicians, and they all said this one phrase to me that really stuck with me. I'm going to do what do this because I just don't want to be the one that lets someone down, that lets everyone down. And I got to be honest with you, that's not a phrase that I ever heard in the United States. <laughs> and so <laughs> I think maybe my perspective comes that I'm looking at it from and with a comparison of the United States um, that maybe shapes my views. But And I think it's also probably true that Australians are less collectivist than they were five or 10 or 20 years ago. But the reality is that if you look around the English-speaking world and around the sort of developed world, Australia is a standout in terms of its ability to work communally and to solve, you know, certain problems with risk. And the pandemic,
0: I think, is an example of that. It's so refreshing to hear you say that and and very hopeful too, I think. Um, I'm curious to know if whether taking, uh, I guess, measured risk or calculated risks now is a part, a natural part of how you parent or is it something you still have to work on?
1: Both. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's, you know, it's it's definitely something that is still very much a part of how I parent. Just the other day, I was calling a dive shop to see if they would bend the rules and let my 11-year-old daughter, you know, join a scuba class with me, even though she's under 12. And so, you know, we're still pushing the boundaries as much as we can. And I think that's something that we're happy to do. But I do think it takes practice. I mean, coming out of lockdown, you know, I'm finding is challenging socially, it's challenging to sort of do things that we haven't done, you know, in a number of months. And, you know, one of the things about this approach to risk and just risk in general, is that, you know, it's like anything, it's like a muscle, if you if you don't work it out, It atrophies. And to some degree, I think that's what happens in societies, too, is when we get used to not pushing ourselves, when we get used to this idea that as parents, we just should do as little as possible that pushes our children, then, you know, it's harder to do it again. And so it's about habits and breaking those habits and really choosing to embrace risk and recognize that it can be good for us.
0: Damien, you've given me a lot to think about. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. Thank you. That's Damien Cave. You'll find links to his book, Into the Rip, in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.